and welcome to the Writers' Corner live show. We connect authors from around the globe to each other and to their readers. You will meet seasoned as well as new and aspiring authors on the show. And this week, we introduce you to Elle Lewis. She's got two books, Dark Touch, which is book one, and the glass book one of the glass star trilogy and genesis rising which is her second book which we are talking about today so don't go away we'll be right back with the writer's corner live show <laughs> just joining us welcome to the show and a special welcome to our viewers on Facebook and on LinkedIn our live audience for today I'm your hostess Brigetti Limbanda I'm a live video talk show host and producer I'm passionate about social needs projects as well as responsible social media and on this show we bring you the backstories of authors from around the globe. My amazing co-host is Mary Elizabeth Jackson. Mary is the award-winning author of the children's Poolicious book series. She's also a wife and mum of three beautiful inspirations. She is also a special needs and disabilities advocate living in Nashville in the USA and I am in Cape Town in South Africa so do let us know where you are from. Mary welcome to the show. Hi, good day to you. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited about our interview. Um, we love Elle and uh, we can't he wait to hear kind of what, you know, what's going on with her. It's her second book. And so that's always super exciting and um, getting kind of the backstory on all that. And um, yeah, I'm doing great. Got a little rain here. It's kind of gloomy. You got to keep your chin up, you know. I know, I know. And it's super hot. As you can see, you know, I'm in my yes. sleeveless <laughs> get up and trying not to perspire all my makeup off. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Elle, Elle Lewis is the author of Dark Touch and Generic Rise, Genesis Rising. She lives in Florida with her husband and son and two phenomenal orange cats named Cheddar and Binks. They sound awful. Um, awesome, awesome, not awful, awesome. <laughs> okay, that was a Freudian slip. Are you are you not a cat lover? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I, I meant to say awesome. Bix and Cheddar, I mean, it's like great names, right? <laughs> That's funny. Okay, yes, I love cats. <laughs> so, um, Elle is a, is a nurse by profession, but she says her heart belongs to monsters, fictional worlds, and things conjured up by her imagination. She dreams of one day moving to the mountains and living in a small town that resembles the Shire. I'd like to know more about that. Um, so she is a cardiology nurse by profession, which means that she takes care of patients with very, very sick hearts. And that's an emotionally taxing job, but also one that she finds extremely uh, rewarding. 
And so one would once wonder, how does that quite mix with the world of monsters? And so she jokes about the fact that she says she actually uses both sides of her brain because, you know, the one is in the medical field and a very, very serious, and the other one dreams up all these monsters. Um, so shall we invite her onto the show and get to know her a bit better? Yes, absolutely. Let's do that. like your intro it's pretty cool fancy i do it? like it it's a little yeah. epic yeah, i know it's like it's like star wars is coming on I like it yes <laughs> Blast off. in a galaxy far far away you know <laughs> yo you know where's your lightsaber um <laughs> so yeah we're excited i'm so excited for you that thank um, you your second book is out and have you with the second book launching has it been what you expected i'm sorry i'm jumping right in with like that question because okay. not everybody gets to have a second book in a trilogy that is successful or even gets to come to fruition so right. You know, it, there's a lot of, it feels like magic around a first book coming out and it's just mm -hmm. like, Ooh, you're on cloud nine, 10, yeah. 11 and 12. And, you know, and it's, it's just so, it's so beautiful the way that everything kind of flows. And then you get into the second book and, um, it, the energy sometimes feels different about that second book. Um, but has it been kind of what you expected or anticipated or even better? Um, I think, um, having the experience of having a first book out, um, it didn't seem as overwhelming. You know, when you have like that press kit that comes in, your list of things to do, um, this time around, I just felt better prepared. Like I knew like, okay, I wanna get some early reviews in so that I can have maybe a blurb on the back of the book. And it was actually like really wonderful because in the first book, I made a lot of great relationships in the writing community with book bloggers and um, book reviewers. So this time around, I knew just who to reach out to. And that was just so helpful. And it, it really did take a long time for me to meet those people and develop those relationships. So I actually feel like the second book was a lot easier of a, a transitional process. Um, and it was just super smooth, honestly. Now, the third book, on the other hand, is like a different story because I'm an emotional basket case as I write the ending. But um, yeah, the second book has just been really smooth, honestly. Oh, that's I'm wonderful. Kind of, I'm listening to you now, and I'm kind of thinking, you know, that's a bit like having kids. You know, I mean, the, <laughs> the, first, the first one is like, you know, super scary. Because yes. you think like, I don't know what to do with this human being. You know, I, exactly. I've never done this before. Yep. The, there's no manual. I'm kind of flying solo mm -hmm. and flying blind and just, you know, feeling my way through this and hoping for the best. But the second kid comes yes. along and you think like, this is familiar I territory. Can I can do this. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I got it. Yeah. I, I know what to, yeah. I know what to expect. I know what I need to grab for. I know, Oh, you have a snot. Mm -hmm. I know what to do. Oh, you can't poop. I know what to do. Yes. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, birthing books is at least it's not as painful physically. That's correct. Holy cow! No C-section required for the birthing of a book. No. (laughs) (laughs) You you may have mental. You may have mental problems after it's over. But I know. I know. It can get hectic. Oh yes, it can be very overwhelming, and it's supposed to be fun, but. There's a lot of pressure, you know, for people um, who uh, are writing, uh, want to get published, um, uh, maybe even people who are self-published. You know, I think having when you do have a traditional publisher, if you like like who you have, there is a list of all these things that have to be done prior to date of a release of a book. And all of it, even Mm -hmm. though it's very overwhelming, is meant for the success of the book. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, so tell us a bit, you know, for anyone, for those who haven't seen you on the first show and doesn't know anything about your first book, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about the first book and what the connection is with the second book um, and okay. what, the, what the differences um, are between the two. Sure. So in Dark Touch, you're introduced to the protagonist, Sloan, and she um, kind of crosses paths with a ancient evil being on her way home from work and he becomes obsessed with her. She starts dreaming about him. So book one is really an introduction into the world. I've created new supernatural creatures. So it has a lot of original lore. Um, And book one is really kind of like a race against the clock as she's trying to figure out what he is, what he wants with her. Um, So ultimately, you know, that book, it's very fast paced. She's kind of caught up in these supernatural events that are terrifying. so by the end of that book, and without you know giving a lot away, the reader does find out what they are, and there's hints of exactly what um, they the dark one wants with her, why she's special and different from other humans. So book two picks up right where that leaves off, and um, at the end of book one, Sloane is kind of taken by the supernatural creatures of the story. So she's in their protection. And they are trying to protect her and defend her from this dark one that is really determined to get his hands on her. So book two really goes down the rabbit hole. I mean, book one, she's still on earth. You know, she's got her life, her friends. She's trying to figure it out. Book two is really, you know, the fantasy element um, goes from like zero to 60. She's just surrounded by these supernatural creatures. There's no other humans around. Um, And she's... um, learning about them, learning about her place in the universe. And, um, you know, she does find out exactly why the dark one wants her. And she goes through, I don't want to give away a lot of the story, but she goes through quite the transformation. Um, and, um, the lore, you learn a lot about warriors and dark ones. Um, so there's a lot more lore that you are able to, you know, find out about, learn about, um, to really understand the world of the Glass Star trilogy. What's your favorite part of the book? Have you got a copy of the book with you, by the way? I do. So what's your favorite part in the book? The favorite, uh, I have a lot of, of really great moments that I love in the book, but I would probably say there's a chapter called Cold Ocean that's my favorite. It's very emotionally charged. Um, it's a it's a chapter in the book where 
the reader is taken back in Sloane's memories and you see exactly why she left home and exactly, exactly what happened between her and her mother. Um, Sloane's backstory is woven into book one. She's her past and who she is is kind of like a little onion that gets revealed, you know, slow, you know, bit by bit as the story goes on. So in book two, you really get to see what happened to her and why she left home. Um, and that was very emotionally charging to write because it's pulled off of a lot of my own personal domestic violent like experiences that I kind of pieced together to create that moment of what happened to her. Um, in a segue on that, I actually had a reader. I'm not going to name her name just in case for privacy reasons, but my whole goal in creating Sloan's backstory was to touch a reader or you know, just connect with a reader that maybe has those similar issues with parents or doesn't have parents. And she wrote to me and thanked me for writing it because she said that I really could describe what it felt like um, to not have a parent or to be estranged from a parent. And even though it was just one person that wrote that to me, I just that one person, that's all I need. I mean, that I connected with someone and wrote something that they could, you know, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, have like, have a, you know what word I'm looking for. Connect, yeah. That's it. Someone, <laughs> yeah. You know, but and that has that similar, yes. That they. Someone that, that can relate to you. Relate, uh, yes. Relate to her story. That's amazing. I that I, kind of be like an aha moment, you know? It was great. It, it was really a highlight. I'll never forget it. And it like made me get a little teary eyed when she wrote that to me. So it was just, it was really awesome. That is amazing. That was my next question was the inspiration for this character. And then you just told us where it comes yes. from. So yeah. that, that's awesome. It, it is it is interesting um, as a writer, you the things that you can pull from your life and put in a story, a memoir, a book, or wherever it is, mm -hmm. and actually be able to work out some things for yourself. Oh, things, that you, things that you could not say to people in your present life, you can stick that in a story and you can yeah. do everything you wanted to do, everything you wanted to say, everything you wanted to hear back from somebody, you know, yeah. which is kind of cool how it works that way. Books really connect us. No matter how fantastical they are, you can be on a, another world, a different planet, could be monsters or whatever it is. They're all still like very human stories that we relate to. Mm -hmm. Um and I just think books are so important. I just think they span like time and distance and people of all walks of life. Like everybody like has those characters that inspire them. Um, even like a favorite movie when you're down and you just want to watch this story that you love over and over and over again, because it comforts you in some way. They're just, I just feel like books are super important. Yeah. Stories are, and they do, uh, they do connect us uh, all the races. Absolutely. There is, no, there is no, you know, the stories can be different um, and we can be in different parts of the world, but, but there's still, it connects people. Yes. hundred percent. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And how has your book been, um, you know, what has your family said of your second book? So, um, a lot of my beta readers and my husband feel like it's better than the first book. And um, a lot of the, you know, some of the earlier reviews coming in say that it's even better than the first book and they couldn't put it down. And um, so book two is getting a lot of really great 
feedback, good, really great reception. And it's not even like out yet. Um, so I'm excited to see it. And everybody, even the more like negative reviews that I did get for book one, they usually ended with like, oh, I didn't like this, this and that. But I'm going to read book two because I need to see what happens. So everyone, Hello. you know, has been saying, oh, I can't wait for book two. I, you know, I really need to see what happens. And that's probably my fault. I think I ended book one on like too much of a cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like a little bit too much, um, which I tried to kind of round out the ending of book two a little bit more and give a, a more finished ending so that people weren't as mad at me this time around. But um, <laughs> everyone just has been saying how they just can't wait to read the second book. So I hope people enjoy it. I hope I don't disappoint. And I also hope they like the direction of the story because as the series continues, I would say like the fantasy supernatural element really takes off, like especially like when you get to book three. So um, yeah, it's quite a journey. So I hope people <laughs> like, like the direction. So, oh, yeah. so when is book two available to the public? So it's, it releases March 19th, um, but it's available right now for pre-order on the Black Rose Writing website. And if they use pre-order 2019 at checkout, they will receive a 15% off discount. Okay. Oh, wow. Repeat that again. Hold your book up and repeat that. Currently available for pre-order on the Black Rose Writing website. And if you use the code pre-order 2019 at checkout, you'll receive 15% off. Very nice. I like the wink at the end. That's definitely a seller. <laughs> you just do your own. You should just do your own commercials. <laughs> oh my goodness! Super fun. So your husband is a big supporter. I know. Yes. How about the rest of your family and people who are around you? How are they all um, supportive? My friends are my family. Okay, I really gotcha. have much contact with my family, um, okay. except for my little brother who read the first book and absolutely loved it. So he's very supportive. Um, but all of my friends are just so amazing. And you know what? Even like the nurses and doctors that I work with, which I transitioned into the operating room this year. Okay. Um, I was wondering so that's been. Yeah, but even the even the doctors, like I have doctors and physicians assistants like who hear that I wrote a book and they they read it and then they're like in surgery and like talking to me about my book. And I had a doctor text me and she was like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait for the next book. And I was in surgery the other day and I thought about this chapter in your book. And everyone is just, I'm so blessed to be surrounded by genuine people that have been so supportive and encouraging. The writing community also has been amazing. Other fellow authors. I mean, I just, I feel so lucky. I feel so lucky to to be surrounded by so many supportive, encouraging people. That is awesome. Yeah. Do you have any advice that you'd like to give to an aspiring author, um, someone that's thinking about writing? And and you know, I mean, your situation is amazing. The fact that you write what you what you write and you're in such a serious profession you know it's i know it doesn't it just doesn't mesh like it's different it, worlds. and you know what i'm getting <laughs> it's becoming harder and harder to balance it honestly and um i would actually like to go back to school and um, get a degree in creative writing so that i could possibly teach it on a college level which would be wow. great but um that's like my like long-term goal i'd like to start classes in a year or two um 
but sometimes I'm like sitting in the OR and I've like finished my charting and stuff and you know, they're, we're doing surgery and everything's good. And I'm sitting there and I'm like dreaming up like things and taking notes on my phone or I write conversations during my lunch break. So it's just a constant like struggle between, <laughs> between the two worlds. Um, I promise I'm paying attention to the surgery and my patients and what the doctors <laughs> I promise. I'm not I was gonna, daydreaming. I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you that question. like, when do you write? I mean, it's like you have to access two different parts of your brain, right? But you, but you, have, so you like, have to do you know, it. Do, you have do to do it when it happens. When it comes, you yeah, got to do it. So everybody asks me But I mean, me like, are you in surgery and you kind of think of monsters? Oh, absolutely. Okay, wait. Okay, are you ready for this? So my next project, I want to transition into horror. And I write, want to write a horror book set in the operating room. I don't know if I can want read that. Oh, I know it's it needs a disclaimer. So, but the thing <laughs> is, is like moving moving into general surgery has been like just this. Oh, it's so many ideas. Like I'm in like ortho, and they're swinging mallets and stuff, and fixing bones with bone saws. And I'm like, oh, what is that called? Oh, it's a bone biter. Oh my, oh my gosh. And then they're like, oh, we're going to do some skin grafting. We need the dermatome. And I'm like, what's a dermatome? And it's oh. this machine that like, like you know, know. takes off the first layer of skin. And, and I'm just the whole time, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's awful. Oh, you're hilarious. <laughs> you know, it's so, so bad. It's so bad. Yeah. They're like taking me around and they're like, oh, Jen, this is the autoclave. And I'm like, hmm. That could fit a person, don't you think? I'm like, does that lock like from the inside? Could you get out if you accidentally got got in there? And I'm just like, oh, it's, it's like a candy store for it's you. It's crazy, it, it, it is. But yeah. I have to warn people. Like, I I spent a day with the CRNA, which is the person providing anesthesia, and I'm like, I have a question for you. <laughs> I'm like, don't be scared. I'm researching this for a book, but. <laughs> If I wanted, argue. I'm like, if argue. I wanted to create a fire in the operating room, how would I do that? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to create a fire. You're gonna but get I yourself, need to know. You're, you're going to get yourself fired, lady. But you know what? I got so much good information this year. He was so great. He was like, okay, so there's like tubing here and this is connection to this valve and the oxygen and la la la. So what would happen is the OR would fill up with oxygen and then the first like ignition and I'm like taking notes like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then one, okay, got it. And then this is connected to that. Perfect, love it, got it. So it's constant. It's awful. That is hilarious. Here, everyone, we're we're introducing you to the next horror writer right here. See what happens. See what. Listen to see me. What, see what your Steve, job did to you. Stephen King has been king long enough. It's time for a queen. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm coming for her. Well, have you talked to bad. Have you talked to our friend? Um, Oh my gosh, who's our horror writer friend, Matthew? Have you told him that? <laughs> no, I haven't chatted with him about it. But you know, every time I mention this, like <laughs> every time I mention this idea, people are like, oh, that's awful. And I'm I, know. Like, I know, right? <laughs> and I was like walking into work and I had an idea and I was like, ooh, that's a good idea. But then I kind of got a tummy ache and I was like, oh. Yeah, maybe. That's and rough. you look, and you look so innocent. <laughs> I know <laughs> you're very no, totally. I would never. If I met you, I would never expect it. Oh, here comes the light. The light walking in. 
The light's on fire. She's on fire, people. The light is not possible without darkness. Oh, yes, I know. Oh, my God. Uh, anyway, I digress. I digress. But, you know, there are some there are some horror elements in my, you know, in the um, Glass Star trilogy, but I definitely tone it back because I'm aware it's fantasy. So I try and like, you know, there are some creepy moments like people have told me like, oh, it's kind of dark and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I'm holding back. <laughs> But I can really let loose in my next project, which sounds so, awful. But what I'm, is your genre? Is your genre fantasy? Um, I would say fantasy, urban fantasy, fantasy. Like because as the series moves, it does lean a little bit more towards just fantasy. Um, so the Glass Star trilogy is definitely a urban fantasy fantasy hybrid for sure. It's okay, tough to yeah, pinpoint it because they're new creatures. Uh huh. So I yeah. don't know. Have you checked out Mar? Um, Daniel Green on YouTube. He's a fantasy uh, reviewer. He has a hundred. No. He has a hundred and ten thousand followers. He's like the big okay. YouTube uh, fantasy reviewer, sort of like what reviewer. we're doing here, but he does it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah contact him. His dad is okay. a good friend of mine. He's my neighbor, and uh, Daniel's great. And uh, Macmillan Publishing has asked. I mean, he's he's just. I mean. He quit his real job in computer IT to do this mm -hmm. full time. So he's a YouTuber full time. So yeah, That's so cool. Check him out. Will. Reach out to him and tell him that we're friends. Awesome. Love it. Look at that. Look at that, so, man. Al, don't you also find that you know? Um, I mean, your job is in the medical field can get pretty hectic and intense. Do you yes. find that that being an author and writing about something so completely different is also therapeutic in a sense in that it helps you deal with all the tra I mean the trauma of a of of the medical world? Um, does it help you yeah. process process that a bit? I mean, it's interesting the the conversation of people attracted to the medical field is almost like a whole nother topic in general because. I feel like the people in the medical field are so, so particular in their personality in the sense that they're very strong and able to handle these things. Like, you know, sometimes I have cancer patients coming in for like double mastectomies and sometimes they're really young, you know, I mean, I've had like 30 year old girls coming in and it's just like, it's definitely difficult to process. Um, but you know, I've been a nurse for six years now, and I'm I'm just I guess I'm just used to it and accepting of the sadder, darker parts of life. I mean, it, it's something I just see. And moving into surgery, you know, I'm more of an outpatient setting. My patients are not as sick as they used to be, um, so I do see some better outcomes than I was used to. You know, regarding heart failure. Um, in cardiology, because a lot of what we were doing were really just putting band-aids on a problem that could never be fixed. Um, and, you know, giving the crushing news to a patient that they need open heart surgery is like one of the hardest things, you know, to see someone process how sick they really are. Um, so I definitely have had an alleviation of, of, you know, the sicker patient populations. So the sad days aren't as much, I guess. Um, but I think that my creative writing outlet is, is good for me in all areas of my life, you know, being a mother, being a nurse, being a wife, because it's what I truly love and it's a huge passion. So 
I mean, if I can't do it, I'm just not as happy as like my cup isn't full and you can't pour from an empty cup. So for me, like writing and being creative is filling my own cup so that I can give to others. Wonderful. Just don't we burn any yards down. Then <laughs> 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 pour the cup and then set it on fire. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't we know, guys. I don't. I just, um, so I'm pretty active on my author Facebook page and also on Twitter. I do have an Instagram account, but I'm honestly just not on there very much. Um, Twitter probably, um, uh, which is L underscore Lewis two. And then, um, Facebook, I always forget the handle. <laughs> I'm doing it hard. It's so hard. I can't, I can't keep track can, of all this. We can, we can put it, we'll put it in the comments. Yes. Um, in the comments. Yeah. In the, but comments. I, in the comments. I'm very, I'm very active on that page. I post videos a lot on that page. As far as like what I'm doing, I usually wear cat ears. Um, <laughs> these hang on these are my favorite are you the cat lady you know I just feel like people I I do I have two cats and they're awesome but you know as far as like when I post videos I just want to like cheer people up with like the writing stuff and like have fun with it and I I think that if you're having a bad day and you drop in and you see one of my like little posts with you know cat ears like it might make you smile that day and that's what I'm going for just to be like a positive, um, you know, member of the writing community and bring a little, spread a little joy, despite my dark, sinister mind. <laughs> you're, you're, you're awesome. But you know, that's the way it works, though. I mean, mm -hmm. that that's kind of how it is. You know, you you have this life, and this is your creative outlet for that shadow, yes. that shadow side of yourself. You know. But you know, the, I've found that the heart community is super nice. <laughs> they're the sweetest people <laughs> that's so funny isn't that amazing yeah. awesome well we're so excited for you thank you for coming today and sharing all yeah. your like we've been in in the introduced into the world of l so thank you it's it's a, it's interesting it's an interesting world <laughs> yes it is an interesting a little, world. A little contradictory but, but fun. It's, okay. <laughs> it's okay we'll take it we still love you we're so glad I love you guys. Today. Thank you for coming today. Me Thank too. you. I can't believe. Yeah, it's been like, I can't believe we're almost out of time already. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, we are. So thanks so much. And I want to thank everyone who's joined us today live on Facebook and live on LinkedIn. Great to have you join us. And um, to the replay viewers, welcome to the show as well and thank you for watching so from me Bridgette and Band in Cape Town in South Africa it's goodbye for now we'll see you again next week bye from Tennessee and bye from, bye where? from Florida yay sunshine this day. Long. it mm -hmm. is actually sunny I'm gonna send you some sunshine yay I have bye. extra <laughs>